living in fear. My brother killed my sister. How did he do that? With a really big kitchen knife. Now, the face of good and the face of evil will meet one last time. But this time, it's going to be a fight to the finish. Halloween H. Hey, welcome to Catch These Vibes. My name is Charmonique, and you are listening to the 90s series, and we are talking about the movie Halloween H2O. So, in the theme of spooky season, we're still doing scary movies. We're doing it all month. The next episode is going to be The Sixth Sense, and it's crazy. This month is almost over. It went by so quickly. But let's just enjoy while we can and go ahead and get into Halloween H2O. So it came out in 1998. It stars Jamie Lee Curtis, Josh Harnett as John, her son, Adam Arkin as Will Brennan, and Michelle Williams as Molly. So this movie was directed by Steve Miner. Steve Miner also worked on this movie called Warlock this movie called House that came out in 1985 did some work on The Wonder Years, Once Upon a Time Switched at Birth so a lot of, I see a lot of different shows um but those are like the the main the, those three movies, Halloween H2O Warlock and House are like the main ones I see here and so the writers on this movie so it looks like uh deborah hill she worked on the characters john carpenter of course developed the characters as far as the story and the screenplay it has two writers robert zapia and matt greenberg so let's see what mr zapia also worked on hmm a lot of animated stuff some tom and jerry tappy toes puss in boots a dave chappelle show called buddies wow how many episodes did they get out of this i ain't never heard of this show march 5th 1996 Dave Chappelle and Jim Brewer are real-life friends at the time. Chappelle was so upset over... Oh, anywho. So, Robert Zapia, and then the other writer is Matt Greenberg. He worked on the movie The Seventh Son. I remember being very excited about this movie. Because it looked like it was going to be cool. But... I don't know, with the first watch, I remember being disappointed. Like, it just wasn't what I was really expecting. I just, I think I had really high hopes. Maybe I should watch it again and see. Because that was 2014 when I watched it. So I could probably, possibly feel different about it. But Matt Greenberg also wrote the screenplay for the movie Pet Cemetery, The one that came out in 2019. I think I've seen this. It was pretty weird, for sure. A screenplay for a movie called Reign of Fire. 
a movie called 1408 with Samuel Jackson and John Cusack. Hmm, I think, yes, I've seen this. It's just been a really long time, but I know that movie is creepy though. But yeah, so those were, that's the cast and the writers and directors. So let's go ahead and get into what this Halloween is about. So this movie is based 20 years after the massacre that happened in 1978 so 20 years after michael myers massacre in haddonfield laurie strode who faked her own death and traveled to california she took the identity of carrie tate so michael discovers laurie's new identity and travels to california to kill his sister laurie must now take on her brother with her son's life at stake so in this one, she has a son. They don't really go into who the father is because they figured it didn't really matter. And I guess that's true. But one of my critiques of this movie is it's only an hour and 26 minutes. So I would have loved for it to have been at least another 30 minutes longer. I feel like they could have did some flashback scenes or some more um, more Michael kills. I don't know, something. Something to make it a little bit longer. This this movie is, like, really short. But, yeah, I think that's my only... The only thing that I would really say about it that I wish was different. I just wish it was longer. But Halloween H2O is definitely, I would say, one of my favorites. Because I just, I think it's scary, actually. First of all, I think it's really scary. In this one, Michael Myers, he was walking fast in this one. Like, when he, the chasing scenes, like the scene when he is chasing after Molly and John, he was walking fast. So, there's a lot of parts in this one that I, I get really scared. Um, there's... There was when I was watching it, there's this one scene that had me jump. It was when um Michael was chasing Molly and John, and there was like in like surrounded by like bushes, and then Michael he just jumped out of nowhere, like just jumped off the out the bush onto Molly. And that part is like that part scared me because I forgot that he, he was going, you know jump out like that so I definitely feel like there's a lot of parts that that scare me I think the part and I think this part like really traumatized me I think because now anytime I we I drive past like a rest stop or actually have to stop to use the bathroom at one I always think about this scene and it's the scene when the lady and her daughter go to the rest stop to use the bathroom and Michael uh, takes her, her purse so that he can get her keys and, you know, steal her car. That part is so, it's just scary, you know, being, thinking about being in that situation, you all alone you got to use the bathroom, you in the stall, and then you, somebody just grabs your purse. You see some 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 boots, 
all of a sudden and they grab your purse and it's just like what you what do you do at that point and then to make it even scarier she had her her daughter in the next stall and it's like ain't no telling if he was going to open her stall and and attack her or what was going to happen and so yeah that part's really scary and it definitely traumatized me so I try to avoid uh rest stops as much as possible but yeah Halloween Halloween H2O is definitely one of my favorites LL Cool J is also in this movie he plays Ronnie who is the security guard who is like I don't know if he's writing a book or a script I think it's a book but he's like writing a book and on the phone with his his wife and reading her what he what he writes and comes up with which does bring some funny scenes to the movie so I I think they definitely could have gave him more scenes um but the important thing though is that he survives he does make it to the end of the movie and that is something that I love and some I guess another aspect to this movie that I, I do love the fact that they they let him make it to the end, you know, because we don't we don't really be making it in these types of movies. But I did want to take a look at LL Cool J's filmography just to give him his flowers because he has been in he's been in some movies that I, I do enjoy. And I think he's a really good actor as well. So let's go to. So I show that he was first in Wildcats in 1986 as himself. Then a lot of videos throughout the 80s. Like he was on a roll in his like when he first started he was on a roll throughout the 80s. He had I'm bad, I need love, going back to Cali, I'm that type of guy. Big old butt, jiggling baby. The Booming System, 1990, Around the Way Girl, 1990. These are all the music videos. And then I show in 1991, he was in a movie called The Hard Way. Then he had his music video, Mama Said Knock You Out. He was in a movie called Toys in 1992. Uh, The Adventures of Pete and Pete. He was in one episode, which is a TV series. He was in a movie called Out of Sync that came out in 1995. Hmm. A DJ in ex is forced to work with the police in an undercover drug sting targeting his boss. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Uh, let's see. The Right to Remain Silent, which was a TV movie that came out in 1996. A lot of music videos. A movie called touch he was himself that came out in 1997 we have him in baps in 1997 as himself he was in woo which came out in 1998 as daryl oh wait i skipped something he was in a movie called caught up which does look familiar hmm This movie poster for this movie, Caught Up, definitely looks familiar. It has Bokeem Woodbine in it, but I don't think I've seen it. So, yeah, Halloween H20, 1998. 
Deep Blue Sea, 1999, Into Deep, 1999, Any Given Sunday, 1999. 99 was a good year for him, movie-wise. I love me some Deep Blue Sea. Into Deep is also a really good movie. And Any Given Sunday, that's a great movie. He was in Kingdom Come, which came out in 2001. Charlie's Angels came out in 2000. A movie called Rollerball, 2002. Deliver Us from Eva, love that movie. That came out in 2003. SWAT, 2003. Last Holiday, I love that movie. One of my favorite Queen Latifah movies. That came out in 2006. So yeah, he has a, he's been in a lot of movies, like, he's probably in the run for, like, the rapper that w- that's in, like, the most movies. He probably is in the, in the lead in that, it seems like. I could be wrong, but I think he definitely would be in that competition if they ever had one. So, yeah, shout out to LL Cool J. I'm just happy that he made it in the end, you know. To the end of this movie. I forgot to mention Joseph Gordon Levitt is in this movie as well. He's he's in the opening scene. He plays the 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 neighbor who checks on um Nancy Stevens. Oh wait, no, 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 no. Is that her? Hold on. What's her name? Yeah, that's her. Nancy Stevens. Wait a minute. Okay, yeah, Nancy Stevens, who plays Marion. So she was the nurse. So in the beginning of the movie, which is a scary scene, for I, I think uh, she comes home. She notices that someone broke into her house, and so she goes to the neighbor and asks, um, asks him to you know take a look. And so the neighbor is Joseph Gordon Levitt. He was a teenager cute as a button he plays jimmy and he went into the house to look for her but he ends up you know dying so he's not in the movie all like that just in that opening scene and just just out of curiosity i want to go through his filmography because i really i really like him I think I had a little crush on him because of this movie and because of 10 Things I Hate About You. So, 1991. Looks like he did some TV movies and TV series at the start of his acting career. And then he was in Beethoven. Maybe that's when I first, start, first got a, a crush on him because... I did watch Beethoven. And so Beethoven came out in 1992. He was just a student. So maybe not. But (laughs) maybe I I don't remember him in that. If he was a student, he probably didn't have a big role. I haven't seen Beethoven in such a long time. I don't even remember every, you know, how the whole movie go down. Um, He was in Angels in the Outfield, which came out in 1994. Mm, yep, I sure do remember him from that. I want to watch this. 
It's been so long since I've seen this movie. It was in a movie called The Juror in 1996. Sweet Jane, 1998, and then Halloween H2O, 10 Things I Hate About You, 1999, Picking Up the Pieces, yeah, shout out to Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and anybody else I want to bring up that's in here, or in this movie, no, that's that's good. Well, I guess I'll shout out uh Jody Lynn O'Keefe. She plays Sarah and she was also in She's All That. And then this movie called Whatever It Takes. Hmm. I think I've seen that too. I definitely seen this movie. Oh, this movie brings back memories. Shane West. And James Franco. Ooh, it also has Aaron Paul in it. Cute. Look at me getting sidetracked. Okay, back back to the actual movie we're talking about. So I think one of the things maybe they could have tried to like implement into the script to make it a little bit longer. Like I said, maybe some flashbacks, maybe flashbacks of her when she was pregnant and or when she was with the, the baby daddy, maybe her, because I mean, 20 years is a long time. So some type of flashback of her, you know, going through her, her, her troubles and her, her struggle with healing after having, you know, that experience that she had in 78 just something like they could have gave us something but I don't know researching this movie I kind of got the gist that it wasn't really it was just a money grab I guess Jamie she only really did it because you know because she wanted to make some money so um and then John Carpenter wasn't able to work on it the way that they intended him to work on it. So it just, I think that the, the development of the movie didn't really go as planned. So let's go ahead and hold on. I'm curious what this movie did. So this movie's budget is an estimated 17 million and it says that it grossed about 55 million worldwide. Hmm. Let's see what about the Halloweens that just came out. Well, let's look at the Halloween from 2018. What did that one do? So the one from 2018 What? Wow. Okay, so it says the budget estimated budget was about ten million and about it looks like the opening weekend in the US was seventy six million and the gross for the US is hundred and fifty nine million and worldwide is two hundred and fifty five million. That's a lot of money. 
And this movie is only 20 minutes longer than Halloween H2O. That's, why does it seem longer? Hmm. That's interesting. So the Halloween that came out in 2018 is an hour and 46 minutes. And let me see, how long is the Halloween from night? The one that came out in 78 is only an hour and 31 minutes. What? Why do they seem longer? I swear Halloween H2O just feels like it's just short. Like it just, I don't know. That's weird. Let me see about Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills is an hour and 45 minutes. Hmm. Wow. That's that's crazy. I don't know why I feel like it's just so short. I don't know what it is about it. But anywho, so everyone has been ranking their Halloween, their favorite Halloween movies from their, you know, most favorite to least favorite. And I also did this before in a in a previous episode. And I I I would say that it has changed. I mean, it's going to change due to the fact is that these this new movie came out, so I'm going to have to add that in there. So, my ranking, and this doesn't include the Rob Rob Zombie movies. Um, I feel like that's definitely a universe of its own, so um, I'm not going to include those. And and then I'm just going to include the ones that actually have Laurie Strode in them. So none of the ones with her, her daughter, Jamie. So the first one, the first Halloween that came out in 78, that's number one. I feel like that's definitely the best one out of all of them. I think it's my favorite. And then I would say the second one, Halloween, that came out in 81. I feel like this one, people, some, I've heard people say they don't like this one, but I really like this one. I feel like this one is really scary. Like, just the whole being in the hospital, it's like, why is it so dark in this hospital? It's just dark, and it's like, where's all the patients at? It's just not a situation I would ever want to be in. So that, to me, is scary. And then... For the third spot, I have Halloween H2O. And then Halloween. So the last time when I did this ranking, I had listened to it back and I had said that I really liked Halloween Kills. And I don't remember... I don't remember liking it like that, but I think I I liked it. I definitely liked it better than Halloween Ends, and we're going to get into Halloween Ends, and I'll try my best to articulate how I feel about it. It's just, it's just hard. I don't really know how to describe how I feel about it, but I'm going to do my best. So yeah, I have said that I would put Halloween Kills 
after H2O. Um, I think I this was last year. But I think I'm going to change that. So I feel like after H2O, I'm going to go ahead and do 2018, Halloween 2018, and then Halloween Kills, and then Halloween Ends after that. Um, I guess Resurrection technically, well, um, because with the this Halloween, uh, I don't know what it's called. I guess it's supposed to go 78 and then these next three movies that came out within the last couple of years. I think that, so we're not counting Halloween, um, two or the red or resurrection or H2O, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it as if we are. So let me go ahead and put resurrection in there somewhere. Um, resurrection. Well, I don't think resurrection is terrible. Because I used to really like it back then. I thought it was it was dope because Tyra Banks was in it. Buster Rhymes was in it. And I think the idea, you know, the concept of, like, what they were doing was, like, very, what is it, meta or whatever. So I liked it, you know, when it first came out. I ain't going to even front. Um, and I guess it's, it's still cool today. I mean, it's just not my favorite. So... I would place Resurrection before, hmm, I'll place that before Halloween ends. So it goes Halloween 78, Halloween 81, Halloween H2O, Halloween 2018. So 2018 and then Halloween Kills. Halloween Resurrection, and then Halloween Ends. So that's my ranking. And that's based off of just, you know, how much I like each movie. And, yeah. So I I think Lori was definitely a badass in H2O. Yeah, yeah, she definitely was a badass in H2O. I think that's, like, the point where she first was just, like, I'm not going to run away anymore. So that's when we, we, the first time we really got to see her like pursue Michael instead of like running away from him the whole time. So that's what I really like about H2O is being able to see that side of Lori and um, her just be a badass, which we get to see in 2018. And not so much in Halloween Kills because a lot of that movie she's in the hospital bed so we don't really get to see that then but we definitely get to see that in Halloween ends so love to see that love to see you know the the fighting scenes between Michael and Lori which I can say for Halloween ends there the lot okay first of all spoiler alert if you ain't seen it yet but for Halloween ends their fighting scene at the end I really really like I think it was, like, a really good fighting scene. Like, it should be definitely nominated for, like, a best fighting scene or whatever. Like, it was really good. Um, So that was one thing that I really liked about 
Halloween ends. And I might as well get into everything else. So there's definitely a divide with how people feel about Halloween ends. Some people feel like they hated it. Some people feel like they liked it, but not really. And then there's some people that that say that they loved it. Some people liked it and they were disappointed. It's just like, there's just not really a majority here. It's just kind of, you know, divided in, you know, these different groups of people who feel the way that they feel. And so I haven't really, I don't know which group I fit into. That's why I'm like, it's just, I don't know how I feel about it because I understand what makes it a great movie. And then I also understand like the disappointment that I do feel because I do, I did feel disappointed while in the movie theater watching it. I even watched it again the next day and I still felt, felt the same. So I do, I do really like Corey. I will say that. So Corey is basically like the the new Michael Myers in the movie, the new evil. And he's played by Rowan Campbell. I think he did a wonderful job because in the movie, he pretty much has to, he has to portray like three different sides to this one character, which I think he did a really amazing job. We get the first Corey, who's the Corey that's babysitting the kid prior to the accident happening. And then we get the Corey after the accident. And, you know, now he's even more timid than he was before. And he's getting bullied around. And then we have the Corey that we get after he meets Michael Myers. After his Michael Myers encounter, he turns into a whole totally different person. Dude don't even need his glasses anymore. Like, he's just serial killer now. So the way that he portrayed those three different sides to that one person, I think he did a really great job. So that's one thing that I really can say that I really enjoyed about the movie. So some people's critiques about the movie is that there was not enough, um, not enough Michael Myers in there. They figured, you know, this is the end of it. We should, you know, have gotten a lot more Michael Myers than, than what we got. And I could definitely understand why people feel that way. Um, dang, I didn't bookmark it. Shoot. There's, uh, I saw some, a tweet, uh, somebody had posted that Michael Myers, like, runtime in the movie. And so, I think it was, it was either or, my fault for not having, having the, uh, the thing, to the screenshot of it, but it said that the runtime of Michael Myers in Halloween 1978 was like nine minutes and 42 seconds. And then the runtime for him in Halloween ends was 10 minutes, which isn't that big of a difference. And it just kind of puts it in perspective. Like he was in this movie a little bit more, a little less than he was in the first Halloween. So it's just like, maybe people are just being too nitpicky and um, not really able to enjoy the movie as 
as much as they should. Oh, so I did I did bookmark this one. So it says the official screen times of Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode in the Halloween series. So the 1978, she is her runtime is about 32 minutes. In Halloween 2, it's 21 minutes. H2O is 31 minutes. Resurrection is 4 minutes and 47 seconds. 2018, 19, kills 10. And Halloween ends 29. That's crazy when you think about it. Wow. Only 10 minutes in kills? Well, yeah, because she wasn't really... She wasn't really doing nothing. She was in the dang hospital bed for the most part in kills. So, yeah, that makes sense. But 2018? I don't know why I feel like it would have been more than... 19 minutes but yeah that's really interesting I, I wanted to make sure that I that I went over that so I also bookmarked the Halloween timeline so let me just let me see oh yeah so it just shows the timeline of the movies so then the 1978 which then can connect to Halloween 2018, 21, and 2022, which is the H40 timeline. And then we have the sequel timeline, which is 19 Halloween 1978, then 81, and then 88, which Halloween 4, which is with uh, when we get Jamie, and then 89 and 95. The Curse of Michael Myers, which I, I actually like that one because that one has Paul Rudd in it. So I don't I don't dislike these at all. I actually enjoy these ones too. Um, and then we have the H2O timeline, which is just 1998 in 2002. And then the reboot timeline which is uh, Rob Zombie. So that's 2007 and 2009. And then the anthology timeline was the uh, Halloween 3, which came out in 1982. So that's a, that's a really good run. Yeah, that's a really good run. I remember going, being excited every single time a Halloween movie came out. I remember being excited to go see the Rob Rob Zombie ones that came out 2007 and 2009. I was very excited because at that point we hadn't gotten gotten one since 2002. So I was very excited to get one finally. And then of course in 2018 when we got uh that one, I was very excited to watch that one. So it's it's just been a it's been a great one run for sure. I I think Michael Myers he was like the first boogeyman for me, and I think he definitely is you know one of my favorites. And so that's one of the things that I think people had an issue with is is the fact that they felt like Halloween ends. It just wasn't. Michael Myers, you know, like we we saw this really vulnerable and weak side to Michael 
that we weren't used to seeing. We're used to him being this like this beast that, you know, always gets back up and comes back stronger, it seems like. So we're just seeing him really old in Halloween ends and injured. And so one of the things that doesn't make sense to me, I will say this, is I understand that like he he had he experienced a a beat down in Halloween kills like they really you know attacked him and he also was like get, had it was in the fire in Halloween um 2018 so I'm pretty sure he had like four degree burns or whatever all over his body his face and everything so he really been, was went through a lot in those two movies, Halloween and Halloween Kills. So I understand at this point, he's older now and he's, you know, weakened by his injuries, I guess. I get that. But the thing that I don't understand is, so it's been four years, a total of four years. And... The homeless man who is who lived by the sewer, he told Corey that every now and then he take Michael would take people into the sewer with him. So if he gets stronger with each kill, then why wouldn't he have been over four years? Why wouldn't he have gained his strength and start attacking people? Like, why did it take Corey? bringing or him having his encounter with Corey and then Corey led that man down there and and they killed them together why did it take that for him to go back out and start killing people maybe I don't know like that part doesn't really make sense to me but I guess I, I you know not everything is going to make sense but I just my, the way my mind works, I think about little things like that and I just be wanting it to make sense like so bad. But maybe that's something, maybe I'm thinking too hard on that and maybe that just don't really need to make sense. But yeah, that was one of the things that I was like, huh? Like why was why was Michael in the sewer all that time, like hiding out? Like what? Like what? It just, I guess it just seemed like out of character for him like why wasn't he already killing like why wasn't he already out there doing his thing and I heard I I heard this TikTok that said that Michael was never really after Lori they said that in 2018 he just wanted to get his mask back (laughs) And then they said for Halloween Kills, he just wanted to go back to his home, you know, where everything, his first kill was. And then, I don't know, what did they say about Halloween Ends? I don't know what their reason is, but I'm pretty sure, then he he sure did go to Lori's house. So I don't know, but that's that was a theory that I heard on TikTok that Michael Myers wasn't really after Lori. And another thing that I didn't really like about Halloween ends is just how the, the writers made the people in the town 
blame everything on Lori. Like that part was just like, I didn't like that. It's just like, how is Michael Myers Lori's fault? But I guess because he was gone and she was there and she had moved on with her life and every there was people around in the town that couldn't, they took it out on her, which I guess makes sense. Um, so it was just really, Halloween Ends was just really about a town who, who needed someone to blame things on and got a an, another version of evil which was Corey. he had the accident with the kid which surprisingly he didn't seem to have to serve too much time for because they i mean it really was an accident so and then he had his encounter with Michael and then he, you know, turned into the villain that the town was really trying to make him out to be. So Halloween is just really about evil comes in different shapes, sizes, and Michael Myers wasn't the only evil that people in that town could experience. So from that viewpoint, they delivered that message, I think, in, in a beautiful way but for the people who really like wanted Michael wanted to see Michael Myers like go out with a bang I think that side of it like brings some disappointment but other than that it's overall it's not a terrible movie it's just like not one that I'm gonna say is my favorite um I don't know maybe and I saw this a lot too People saying like maybe a decade from now people will feel differently about it, and that's a possibility. Maybe it has to grow on me. Maybe it's going to be third time a charm after I watch it a third time, and I'm like, oh okay, maybe I'll like it more. But right now, I'm just kind of like, yeah, it was cool, it wasn't terrible, but I just I don't know. I they definitely threw me off with that. I'll say I'll give them that. I was not expecting it to be what it was it was which I like I I like you know not being able to predict things and for a movie to to give give us something unexpected so that they definitely get points for that so so yeah overall if I had to rate it I would give it (sighs) hmm maybe a 6.5 out of 10 or a seven, yeah, I'll say seven, yeah, 6.5 just seems a little harsh, I'll say a seven, yeah. This movie also stars Janet Leigh, who is Jamie Lee Curtis's mother, she plays Norma in this movie, she also plays Marion Crane in the movie Cycle, So during the scene where Norma is leaving, she stands in front of the car from Cycle, which came out in 1960. So the music playing in the background at this part is also from Cycle. Janet Lee, who plays Norma, played Marion in Cycle. The license plate on the car is also the same as the second car Marion buys in Cycle, NFB 418, which are Norman Bates initials. And lastly, Norma is the first name of Norman Bates' mother from Psycho. So John Carpenter 
was originally in negotiations to be the director since Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to reunite the cast and crew of the original. It was believed that Carpenter opted out because he wanted no active part in the sequel. However, this is not the case. He had agreed to direct the movie, but his starting fee as director was $10 million and, at, and he wanted a three-picture deal with Dimension Films. Carpenter rationalized this by saying the hefty fee was compensation for revenue he never received from the original Halloween in 1978, a matter that was still a point of contention between Carpenter and producer Mustafa Akkad. Even after 20 years had passed, when Akkad and Dimension Films' Weinstein brothers balked at Carpenter's demands, he walked away from the project. So that is the reason why he, John Carpenter, was not the director of this movie. So the movie was originally supposed to be a sequel to Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, which came out in 1995. Kevin Williamson's original treatment for H2O included a scene in which Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, and the sixth film, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, are all referenced and acknowledged as being in continuity and canon. The scene was filmed and it involves Sarah, the student at the school played by Jody Lynn O'Keefe. The student at the school where Laurie Strode teaches under the name Carrie Tate, Sarah gives a class report on the Haddonfield murders, going into great detail about Jamie Lloyd, Laurie Strode's daughter from Halloween 4 through 6. Sarah mentions Jamie losing her parents in a car accident, as was the explanation in those sequels for Laurie Strode's absence. Her report chronicles Jamie being hunted and eventually killed by her uncle, Michael Myers. And upon hearing this oral presentation in the classroom, a grief-stricken Carrie retreats, or Carrie, who is also Laurie, retreats to a restroom and vomits. Williamson's challenge was thus to create an explanation for Laurie's quote-unquote death in the previous movies and her subsequent resurrection while keeping the fourth, fifth, and sixth film in the continuity. He came up with Laurie faking her death and getting into the witness protection program with her son under the alias Carrie Tate. This scene was eventually omitted from the final cut of the film together with every reference to Halloween 4, 5, and 6 when it was decided that these sequels would be ignored and the film would directly follow Halloween 2, 1981. Even though there was no longer a direct reason for Lori to have gone into hiding under a fake name, this element of the original plot remains in the finished film. So I actually like that idea. I think that would have been great if they were able to actually explore it and make it make sense because... I, I again I did enjoy the those movies with Dan Daniel Harris who plays Jamie. Um so the whole story of her well obviously Jamie she was adopted and the story was that Lori was in a car accident and so that's why she wasn't there. So they could have, like, definitely, like they said, she was in witness protection, so she wasn't there. But it's, but then it's just kind of like, well, why would she have left her daughter? Like, why wouldn't she have took her daughter with her? 
So they would then have to come up with the reason for that. And I'm pretty sure if they thought long and hard enough, maybe they they probably could have came up with something. Um, I mean, but it sounds like it was Kevin Williamson really trying to come up with that idea. But unfortunately, it didn't come to fruition. So LL Cool J had always been a fan of the Halloween movies. His mother took him to see the original when he was just nine years old. See, he also ad-libbed the line, comb your hair, which he told Josh Harnett's um, character, John, because he's just, he's really good for having that messy haircut. He also has it in the faculty. On the television in the girls' room, a clip from Scream 2 is playing, a callback to numerous Halloween references and clips in Scream. However, according to producer Mustafa Akkad, when the scene was filmed, the girls were actually watching So I Married an Axe Murderer, which came out in 1993. This made for an entirely different joke. A movie featuring Michael Myers had its characters watching the star of So I Married an Axe Murderer, Mike Myers. The clip was changed to Scream 2 in post-production. When Jamie Lee Curtis' character says, go down the street to the Beckers, this was supposed to refer to the line from Halloween, go down the street to the McKenzie's house. The name was changed to Becker, which was the last name of Drew Barrymore's character in Scream. Before he knew Jamie Lee Curtis was involved, Josh Harnett wasn't sure he wanted to audition. Halloween 7, he asked, is that going straight to video or is that going straight to hell? No, really, it's like how many franchises have that many movies that and they're all actually good? I don't think there's many out there that actually have, you know, quality movies. I wouldn't say, I mean, everyone, there's been a lot of debate about which Halloween movies are actually good. And I think it's just really subjective. Like everyone has their own taste and they have, they have their own likes and dislikes um, in certain Halloween movies. So I don't know. It's just like, it's really up to the person who's watching it. One of the masks used from, from Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, was used for the first scene appearance of Michael Myers. It was used during his attack on Marion, but all of the, his later appearances feature a new mask sculpted for this film. They had shot the sequence while the studio went back and forth on which mask they preferred. Clark actually owns the mask in question now. I think the the best slash scariest mask I think is will have to be from Halloween seventy eight. And then the most recent Halloween movies, I think those masks are like really scary looking. I think the one, even the one in H2O, they look kind of silly. Um, I don't know if silly is the right word, but I just don't. I mean, regardless, Michael Myers is scary, regardless what, which mask. But there's just certain, some of the masks, like I would say, the mask in four, five, and six. Six, I think those ones are like the least my least favorite so Jamie Lee Curtis 
recalls Darcy Harnett being someone who wanted to be an actor but didn't want the trappings of stardom. He would wear a knit beanie on set at all times, remove it to film a scene, and then immediately return it to his head as a way of retaining his personality. I respected for I respected him for it. It was annoying, but I respected him, said Jamie. And since we're talking about Josh Harnett, I really, I want to take a look at his his filmography really quick. Y'all know I cannot help it. I just got to do it. I got to look. So let's go back to the beginning. So, So this was his first movie. And then he did The Faculty. That came out the same year. Another one of my favorites. And then he was in a movie called The Virgin Suicides, which came out in 1999. Let's see, and then he was in some movies in the 2000s. Pearl Harbor, 2001. Oh, 2001. I like that movie. He plays... He plays a really bad character. His name is Hugo, but he he does it really well. He 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 really does. That's a good movie. He was in Forty Days and Forty Nights, Black Hawk Down, Sin City, Lucky Number Seven, The Black Dahlia, Thirty Days of Night. I really like that movie. All right, all right, all right. Okay, back to the back to the Did You Know facts. So let me find where I was at. So during an 2018 interview with Variety, Jamie Lee Curtis said, H2O started out with best intentions, but it ended up being a money gig. The film has some good things in it. It talked about alcoholism and trauma, but I ended up really doing it for the paycheck. This is the third time Jamie Lee Curtis has worked with her mother, Janet Lee. On, on screen, they both appeared in the same episode of the television series The Love Boat in 1978 and then in The Fog, which was directed by original Halloween filmmaker John Carpenter. Jamie Lee Curtis originally wanted Lori's life to be in shambles at the start of the film. Executive producer Kevin Williamson it convinced her that Lori should have more to lose. Originally, originally Sarah, played by Jody Lynn O'Keefe, was written as a bitchy student who was dating Mitch, John Tate's original name. She was also supposed to be the student who wrote a paper on the Haddonfield murders, which would have connected 4 through 6 to H2O. So in the original Halloween, Lori answers a question about fate after seeing Michael outside the high school. In Halloween H2O, Lori asks Molly a question about the novel Frankenstein, which she answers by discussing the fate of Dr. Frankenstein. Once she finishes, she sees Michael standing in the doorway outside of the school. So again, Molly is played by Michelle Williams. So in certain scenes, Michael can be seen wearing two different masks, so the director decided well into production to go with a different mask. So certain scenes were reshot. Some scenes with the original mask can still be seen. And in one shot, it had to be altered with CGI to replace Michael's old mask with the new one. 
So the original working title for the film was Halloween 7, The Revenge of Laurie Strode. A clear pun on Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. So the end of H2O, which I think was was clever, a clever way to keep the franchise going for sure. But at the end of H2O, Laurie um, takes the van with Michael's body in it well at least that's what she thought she takes the van she ends up crashing it and is able to decapitate the head off of the body of what she thought was Michael Myers but turns out it was actually a paramedic so Michael is quick and savvy and he choked he choked the paramedic and broke his vocal cords I think and that that was the reason why he couldn't speak so he switched bodies or switched bodies switched outfits with the paramedic and drove off in the ambulance to get away and then obviously they thought the paramedic was him so she thought that she was doing what she needed to do she was like I can't keep living like this I need to know that he's dead I'm tired of him being presumed dead and then coming back to get me so she did what she felt she needed to do and so that's what lands her into the mental hospital which we see in Halloween Resurrection so I think that was a a pretty cool way to keep the the franchise going and leading into the next movie So a subplot involving two detectives tracking Michael for the murder of Nurse Stevens was cut from the script. Remnants of the characters remain at the star of the picture when two random detectives are talking in the home office of Stevens. And so, yeah, that's at the beginning of the movie when they um, go to Marion's house and they're talking in her office. The newspaper clippings in the beginning were meant to only link to Halloween 4 through 6 after a scene in the classroom where a student summarizes what happened in those sequels was cut. The clippings would have included clues such as mysterious cult kept murders hushed up in Haddonfield and Jamie Lloyd missing with dates such as 1995 and 1989. But in the end, only one headline clue was left in. A picture of a pair of bloody scissors that may have been the been the ones used to kill Rachel Caruthers in Halloween 5. Contrary to popular belief, Kevin Williamson was in fact not the original writer of the film. Originally, Robert Zapia was hired to pin Halloween Two Faces of Evil, which was planned to go direct to video after the modest box office performance of Halloween The Curse of Michael Myers. Zapia's original script was set in a fence in boarding school, as does the finished film. However, when Jamie Lee Curtis expressed interest in returning to the series, Kevin Williamson, who was coming off of his blockbuster success was or blockbuster success with Scream, was asked by Dimension Films to pen a treatment that added Laurie Strode. When the WGA deemed that Williamson did not deserve writing credit on the screenplay, Dimension Films, hoping to market the film as from the creator of Scream, offered Zapia more money to share their writing credit. Zapia declined, so the studio made Williamson an executive producer credit on the finished film. 
This is the only film where Michael gets the least amount of injuries, getting hit and stabbed with the fireplace poker at the beginning, axed in the chest, stabbed with the flagpole, and stabbed several times near the end. Although he did get hit in the face with a rock and kneed in the groin, he recovered quickly. So this is actually the first film in the series to be released in the summer. Every film since including Rob Zombie's followed this trend with exception to Halloween 2018, which came out around Halloween. Yeah, I remember, I think I remember the Rob Zombie movies coming out in August, if I'm not mistaken. So as of 2021, and this is the only film in the series involving Michael, including Rob Zombie's films and the two upcoming films, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, where none of the story takes place in Haddonfield. There's a sequence prior to the credits that takes place near Haddonfield where he kills two teens and Nurse Marion. Then he leaves for Northern California to find Lori and her son. The only other film that takes place outside of Haddonfield is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. And that story has nothing to do with Michael. He only appears in a commercial for an airing of the original Halloween. Coincidentally, both films take place in California. The final film was a bit toned down from that, as Jamie Lee Curtis noted. I think they were afraid it was just too dark. I think that people were afraid to go where I wanted to go. I think they didn't know if that kind of dysfunction was going to be acceptable for the lead character in the movie. She also later reflected that she really should have been a producer on the film, noting in 2012's Halloween Horror Hound Weekend, now the idiot girl that I am is that I didn't go, you know what, it's all my idea and I'm going to freaking produce it. So sadly, I did not take on that role and I should have. Jamie Lee Curtis reflected on how the project changed. It didn't have an essential vision. I wanted to explore Lori's trauma and show what the events she went through on Halloween night in 1978 did to her. I would have been able to see my vision through if I had been a producer, but I was a mom. I had two kids, so I was just happy to make a movie. And sure, it's not breathtaking cinema, but it's fine. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, they definitely could have added some scenes about Lori and her past and what her journey has been up until the point in the movie. That would have definitely added some more time since it's only an hour and 26 minutes. There was at one time a plan for Michael Myers to speak a single line at the end of the movie. He was to have said Lori just before being beheaded by Jamie Lee Curtis. This idea was dropped from the final script. And that probably worked out because if that, it would have made it less believable that that um, he switched his... Uh, outfit with the paramedic because how would the paramedic know her name i mean i guess it's possible but not likely so this is interesting it says mustafa akkad said that the killer in h2o was not actually michael myers but in fact a copycat killer and that this will be explained in the next halloween movie the idea was dropped for halloween resurrection which explained the reappearance of michael myers by revealing that he had traded places with the paramedic at the end of H2O, who had then been mistaken for Michael and was subsequently beheaded by Lori. According to Jamie Lee Curtis, it was in producer Mustafa Akash's contract that Michael Myers couldn't actually die. 
as a way to produce more sequels. Curtis was firm on needing Lori to believe she had killed Michael, so she admitted that tying these two disparate strands together took some work. One of the biggest sources of tension between the filmmakers was the issue of the film's ending. Kevin Williamson's treatment had the shape being cut in half by a helicopter rotor, while early drafts of the script had Lori stabbing him through the heart with the javelin while he was pinned between the two pieces of a retractable gym floor. Mustafa Akkad wanted the shape to live at the end so he could produce more Halloween films, while Bob Weinstein at Dimension Films wanted the shape to die. Weinstein instructed screenwriter Robert Sapia to write two endings and send the ending with the shape surviving to Akkad while they would actually shoot the ending where the shape died. Sapia refused, much to Weinstein's annoyance. According to Sapia, Kevin Williamson concocted the film's ending where the shape is quote-unquote killed, as well as the twist shown in Halloween Resurrection, where it is revealed that the shape had switched clothes with the paramedic. This solution managed to appease both parties. According to screenwriter Matt Greenberg, it was Weinstein who suggested that Laurie Strode decapitate the shape with an axe. So Jamie Lee Curtis knew that Laurie would be killing an innocent man at the end of the film, thinking it was Michael. But Laurie didn't, and it was part of her deal in returning that there could be no hint of it in the film itself, leaving audiences to instead believe that this was the end. It was Williamson who came up with the idea of Laurie cutting off a paramedic's head, unaware that Michael had swapped clothes with the poor schmuck at some point. Per the deal, she would return for a cameo and in any follow-up, make it clear she had gone crazy, and then be killed. Alright, so there's our episode on Halloween H2O. Next week, we will be getting into The Sixth Sense. Please, if you have a moment, rate this podcast on whichever platform you are listening to it on. Thank you so much. I appreciate it in advance. Rate, review, follow on social media. Catch these vibes pod on, on Instagram and catch underscore vibes pod on Twitter. Until next time, y'all, again, thank you for listening and vibe out.